This afternoon we're back in Mark's Gospel, Mark chapter 6, and you just heard read from verse 30 to 56. But I just want to spend a few minutes just recapping over what was discussed or taught or preached last week, um, Sunday. And the title of the message last week was Compassion Moved Him, Unbelief Stopped Him. And we looked at from verse 1 to verse 29, where we saw that Jesus had returned back to Nazareth after he left there. And when he returned home to his home country, his countrymen, the people that were familiar with him, they rejected him. Remember we said that last week. They rejected him. And although they rejected him, it didn't stop Jesus' ministry. It didn't stop him. In fact, it actually opened opportunity because Jesus called 12 disciples and then he sent them out to continue to preach the gospel, the good news. So although he was rejected and although the people that knew him didn't want to hear anything from him, Jesus still showed compassion. And he still, in the latter part of one of the verses, said that when he left, he still laid his hand and healed a few of the sick people that were there. So although he was rejected, he still showed compassion. He showed compassion in many different ways. He even marveled at the fact that the people that should have known him didn't believe in him. Jesus marveled. We talked about last week that John the Baptist lost his head. He was beheaded because he had told Herod about the lifestyle he was living with Herodias, which was his, um, Herod's brother's wife. He took his brother's wife and they were living together. And, Her- and John had told Herod that that was wrong for him to live that life. And because of it, John was put into prison. And we know eventually he lost his head. So we talked about that last week. And we said that, you know, sometimes the truth hurts. Sometimes the truth hurts. But we have to speak the truth and we speak it in love nevertheless. Amen? So we're going on now. to So we, then we see that when Jesus sent the disciples out, he gave them power and told them to go and heal the sick and cast out demons. So we're back now in chapter 6, going now from verse 30 to verse 56. So in verse 30, it says, And the apostles gathered themselves unto Jesus and told him all things about what they had done and what they had taught. So they came back now to Jesus to tell him what they'd gotten up to. They were teaching, they were preaching, they were healing. They were very, very busy in ministry. He'd sent them out and now they were to come back and give a report of what they had done. Do you know that one day every one of us will have to give an account? Every one of us one day will have to stand before the judgment seat of God and give an account for what we did. They came back and they told him all the things that they were doing. And Jesus said to them, you know, in verse um, 31, and he said unto them, come ye yourselves apart into a desert place and rest a while. For there were many comings and goings and they had no leisure so much to eat. If you could imagine the, the, the situation, John was just beheaded. 
his disciples probably were coming to Jesus themselves. People were coming and going. There was a lot of commotion going on. And the disciples returned now to Jesus, tired and weary. And he said to them, come apart. There's a time where we have to come apart. We have to step aside from the busyness of life. Jesus knew that the disciples needed rest. He knew that they were tired, they were exhausted, and he says to them, come ye yourselves apart into a desert place and rest a while. But the disciples probably thought, yeah, this is great, we're going to spend some time with Jesus all on our own, just being with him in this place. And they, they left out, the Bible says, and they left out to go to that desert place. But the people... The multitude saw them and knew where they were going. And they ran ahead and met Jesus on the other side. Could you imagine how the disciples must have felt? They wanted rest. They were tired. They were weary. They thought they were going to spend some quality time kicking back, chilling out with Jesus. But the multitude had turned up. Have you ever wanted to be on your own sometime? <laughs> People are smiling. You want to be on your own? You set aside some quality time? Huh? You know, you say, right, this is going to be my time. No, no conversation, no nothing. And as you sit down, the phone rings, the door knocks, or whatever, the kids come in, and there's some distraction. The disciples were probably, I would imagine, upset, vexed, because they wanted this time to rest. But what is amazing, though, that when Jesus saw the multitude, when he saw the people, he had compassion on them. He had compassion on them. Compassion is one of Jesus's, it is actually his nature. Compassion is Jesus showing his love for mankind. Now, the disciples probably want to send the, the multitude away. But Jesus welcomed them. Why? Because when he saw them, he saw them as sheep without a shepherd. He loved them. He cared for them. In spite of the fact that the disciples needed this time of rest, Jesus saw their need. He saw that they needed to be led. Sheep are dumb, aren't they? Sheep cannot lead themselves. They need a shepherd to lead them, to guide them, to protect them, to look after them. So Jesus saw, when he looked at the multitude, he saw that these people needed a shepherd. We too need a shepherd. We too need guidance. We too need protection. We too need the shepherd to guide us. And when we come to Jesus, he will never turn us away. He's never too busy. Man might be too busy for us. They've got no time. But Jesus always has time and he sees the need. Psalms 23 tells us, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall never want. He maketh me to lie down in still waters. Jesus knows the time for rest. There's nothing wrong with going on holiday. There's nothing wrong with saying no. We can burn ourselves out by trying to please everybody all the time. But there's a time where we need to rest. 
Jesus provides rest. Jesus provides rest, rest for the soul. When we are under pressure, when we're under struggle, when we're under strife, I don't know about you, but there are times when life throws wolves. Not real wolves. But situation comes our way. Challenges come our way. Problems come our way. Disappointment comes our way. Heartache comes our way. Burdens come our way. But Jesus, hallelujah, Jesus never turns us away because he is the good shepherd, the shepherd, the compassionate shepherd who provides for his sheep. He is the good shepherd, the compassionate shepherd, and he provides. He provides rest for those that are weary. Are you weary today? Jesus provides rest. And as we go further on, so the multitudes turn up, and then Jesus starts to teach them. Verse um, 34. And when Jesus came out, he saw them and was moved with compassion toward them because they were sheep not having a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. And when the day was now far spent, his disciples came to him and said this, is a desert place and now time is far, far gone, send them away. The disciples wanted to send the people away. Man will want to send us away. Man doesn't want to accept some of us sometime. I thank God for Jesus. If it wasn't for Jesus, I wouldn't be here. If it was up to men, some of us wouldn't be here. But thank God for Jesus. Thank God for Jesus. He never turns us away. We can come time and time and time again, and he never, ever gets tired of us. He never says to you, go away. Whatever the situation the start we say, he looks beyond my fault and saw my need. He knows we have needs. And he never turns us away. And then the disciples said to him, send them away. Send them away. It's, it's dark. It's a desert place. Night is coming. They need some food. These same disciples who saw the miracles that Jesus performed, they themselves performed miracles they themselves healed they themselves taught but yet for all they never recognized and acknowledged that Jesus the great provider the Messiah the master was with them they didn't understand that he could do exceedingly abundantly and above all that they could ever ask or think they would say send them away send them away let them go and buy some food because night is drawing but Jesus, thank God for Jesus. Thank God for Jesus. Are you grateful this morning? Thank God for Jesus that he never turns us away. He says, feed them. He said, you feed them. Feed them. And hear the disciples. Shall we go and buy 200 penny worth of bread and give to them? They were saying, with what? What can we feed them with? Not recognizing that the bread of life was there with them. All they had to do was to follow the instruction. He said, with what? What should we feed them with? It's not in your own strength. 
It's not in my own strength. Jesus is the provider. He is Jehovah Jireh. Whatever we need, he can and he will provide. Amen? As sheep, if we come to him with our needs, he will and he does provide. So Jesus turned around and said to them, how many loaves have you got? Go find out. Go find out. How many loaves have you got? They came back and said, five loaves and two fish. Now, it wasn't an elaborate spread. It wasn't steak. It wasn't chicken. It was simple, five loaves and two fish. Little is much when God is in it. You might be here today and think, I am nothing. I have nothing to give him. I have nothing to give him. All I have is this. But you know, whatever you have, God can multiply it. Whatever is given unto you, is given unto you. We don't have to crumble and scramble over anybody else to get anything. God will multiply whatever he's given unto you. And every one of us has something. Every one of us has something that the master wants to multiply. Five loaves and two fish is what Jesus fed this multitude with. And he held it up to heaven. And as he held it up to heaven and started to pray, I could just imagine, can you imagine, I can't imagine. Can you imagine five loaves and two fish, pastor? Can you imagine me standing here with five loaves, Pauline, and two fish? And lifted up to heaven and praying and just multiply and multiply and multiply and multiply and multiply and multiply. And everybody, everybody, everyone from the smallest to the great, everyone ate. Oh my Lord, what a miracle. The Bible said 5,000 men beside women and children. That means he fed at least 10,000 or more with five loaves and two fishes. This is the God we serve. He's not, limit, he's not limited. He's limitless. I can't imagine what a sight it must have been for the people to see. The disciples to see that miracle taking place before their very eyes. My Lord, we have miracles in the house today. Mm-hmm. There are miracles in the house today. There are people who God has healed. There are people who God has rescued. There are people whose lives are changed. We are all miracles. If it wasn't for the goodness of God, where would we be? Some of us are in some dark places. We live some dark lives. But for the mercy of God, you are a miracle. You are a miracle. We are miracles. Walking, talking miracles. Because God has changed our lives. Those of us who come to him. Amen. So he blesses the bread and he shares it out. And you know something? What amazes me, that God is a God of order. 
God is not the author of confusion. Can we go on? It says, he said, and he commanded them to, to make all the people sit down by companies upon the grass. And they sat down in ranks by hundreds and by fifties. And when he had taken the five loaves and the two fish, he looked to heaven and he blessed it. Imagine, God is a God of order. Tell somebody, God is a God of order. Imagine 5,000 people, men, besides women and children. So imagine 10,000 people all wanting food. Imagine today that Jesus stood here this afternoon and he broke the bread and he broke the fish and, he, and you're all hungry. What would happen? And it was, I was, he was standing here. What would happen? What would happen? There'd be a rush. Everybody rushing to go and get something to eat. Clambering. Some people get more than their fair share. Some would have more than enough. Isn't it? Come on, let's be honest. Some of us probably go back twice or three times. <laughs> you know? Back to the queue. There'll be such a commotion. There'll be such a commotion. But God is a God of order. He said to the disciples, tell them to sit down in a hundreds and fifty. Why? Because God knew that if he didn't do that, he could imagine. Could you imagine 5,000 people running for bread and fish? But he sat them down to show that he's a God of order, to make sure everyone was fed just enough. God will feed us. What is mine is mine. What is yours is yours. There's no need for us to fight and clamor. He's got something for each and every one of us. Just enough. Just enough. Just enough. What a God. What a God. Oh my Lord. What a miracle. And then not only did he provide enough for them, the Bible said there were 12 baskets left over. My God. Twelve baskets were left over. But you know something else I learned about this? God don't like waste. He said to them, pick up the pieces. Pick them up. Not to waste our, our, our um, supplies. Not to waste. Sometimes we are wasteful. But God is not a God of waste. He said to them, pick up the 12 baskets, pick up the, the fragments, and they picked them up, and they had 12 loaves left over. So here we see God is a God of provision. Amen? He's a, he's a good shepherd who has compassion, and he provided for the disciples, and he provided for the multitude. We go over to verse 45 to 52, and here now, after the people, he fed the people, he said to the disciples, get into the boat and go over to the other side. He, the Bible said he constrained them. That probably tells me that they didn't probably want to go. Probably didn't want to go. Probably thinking, we're going to have to move again. We're tired. They still haven't rested. But they went into the boat and they started to row to the other side. 
And when he had sent them away, he departed into the mountain to pray. Jesus sent the multitude away. He went into a desert place to pray. Prayer is important. We need to pray. We need to spend time in prayer. Jesus himself prayed and he was the son of God. We need to spend time in prayer. How can we hear from God if we're not praying? The only way we're going to hear what God has to say is when we spend that time with him, listening to his voice, knowing what he wants me to do and knowing what he wants you to do. Jesus went and he prayed. And he was in the mountain and he was praying. And while he was praying, the disciples were there on the sea rowing. And the Bible said that the wind was contrary unto them. They were struggling. They were struggling on the sea. Sometimes we struggle on the sea of life. Sometimes life is difficult. Sometimes life is hard. I don't know about you, but sometimes life can be hard. It can be challenging. It can be difficult. The disciples were on the sea rowing. And it says, in the, it says, and at the fourth watch of the night, he came unto them walking upon the sea and would have passed them and would have passed by them. This is amazing to me. On, Jesus sees them on the sea. They're, they're rowing and they are struggling. And he knows that they're rowing. He knows that they're struggling. The wind is contrary. But the Bible says he would have passed by them. Why would Jesus have passed by them? He saw them struggling. He saw them in problem. He sees us when we're in our situation. He knows. So why would he have gone past them? Why? Because the Bible says... Verse 49, but when they saw him walking upon the sea, they supposed it had been a spirit and cried out. Jesus wants us to cry out to him. He knows. He knows the problem we have. He knows the situations we are in, but he wants us to cry out to him. No different from we have children. And if my kids just come and say, mom, can I, you know, I know, they, I know they have needs. I know they need certain things. Cassandra, you have your boys. You know they need certain things. But sometimes you want them to ask you. Because there's a relationship. God is not a God that is distant from us. He wants a relationship with us where we can go to him and we can ask him and we can make our petitions known. He says, come on to me, all who are laden. And I will give you rest. He wants us to cry out to him. The disciples cried out. They thought it was a ghost. But some of us, you know, we say, oh, the disciples are stupid. But i tell you something. They weren't stupid because it was three o'clock in the morning and you saw a shadow on the water. You too would have thought it was a ghost. But I would. They thought it was a ghost walking on the water. But when they cried out, Jesus met them at the point of need. He meets us at our point of need and he stepped into that boat and immediately, immediately the Bible says the, the winds stopped and the sea was calm. All we have to do is cry out, are you in a storm? Are you facing challenges? I know I am, but I'm crying out, I'm crying out. I'm crying out. I'm not crying out to my pastor. 
I can go to pastor for advice and prayer, but there's one that when we cry out to him, oh, hallelujah, nothing, nothing can block the airway when we cry with a sincere heart. And you might be crying for a long time. Keep crying. You might have been crying for one year, two years, three years, ten years, fifty. Keep crying out. Oh, Jesus. Keep crying out. Because Jesus will come. He's there with you. He's right there in the storm of life. I don't know about you, but sometimes you're going along. You're just going along, Joe, just going along. And the wind just comes from nowhere. Something has come from nothing. If you don't know who you are, and you're not grounded in the word, I'm telling you, the wind will knock you out, knock out the, the wind, out, the, the pressure would knock the wind out of your sail. Your sail goes down, sometimes it's down for so long, the water feels as though it's over you. Oh my God. I'm telling you, but the God we serve, I thank God for Jesus. I thank God that I know Jesus for myself. If I didn't know him, I don't know where I'd be. I don't know where I'd be. I'm sure many of you could say the same thing today. Where would we be without Jesus on our side? He calms the storm. Does it mean that storms won't come? No. I wish to say that they did it, but they do. Trials will come. Storms will come. Tests will come. But you know what? I'm learning that they develop character. They develop resilience. They give some spiritual muscles. Some Holy Ghost muscles. We need to fight off some of the, the plans of the enemy if we've gotten through nothing. How can we stand? But the Bible says, I haven't done all to stand. Stand. Jesus calmed the storm. He calmed the storm. Jesus, compassionate shepherd who provides. He provides rest. He provides peace. In the midst of the storm. Jesus. Call his name. Call his name. Call his name. Hallelujah. Call his name. The name that's above every name. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Every situation must bow. The devil is a liar. We serve a mighty God. Oh, hallelujah to Jesus. Oh, hallelujah to Jesus. Hallelujah to Jesus. He calmed the storm. Oh, peace be still. Peace be still. Peace be still. Peace be still. Oh, hallelujah. Jesus, compassionate Savior, calms the storm. Imagine, he said the disciples were amazed. They were amazed. I don't understand how they were amazed. Were they amazed at the five, the feeding? He just fed 5,000 people. But still for all, they were amazed. Sometimes we don't understand the God we serve. We don't understand. There's absolutely nothing that God cannot do. 
doesn't matter what it looks like, no matter how long it takes, there's absolute, we try to limit him in a box, put him in a box. He can only do this and he can only do that. My God is mighty. He can do anything. He can do it. He can do it all. He can do it all. This is God. This is no tombstone dead situation, God. This is no statue that we serve. This is God Almighty. Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, who we serve. And He's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all. That we can ask often. And sometimes we get tired. Sometimes we get weary. But the Bible says, be not weary in well-doing. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on, Shana. Hold on. The storm will pass. Hallelujah. Why will it pass? Because Jesus is watching. And he's seeing. And he's stepping into my boat. I thank God for Jesus. I thank God for Jesus. I thank God for Jesus. Jesus loves us so much. So, so much. He's compassionate. Oh, he's so compassionate. Thank you for loving me, Lord. Sometimes we're unlovable. Sometimes we are unlovable. We're unlovable. We're not all that. Sometimes we're unlovable. We're not good. We do things. But you know what? He loves us nevertheless. All we have to do is confess our sins. And the Bible says he's faithful. And he's just. He's faithful. 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 In the morning he's faithful. In the afternoon he's faithful. At night he's faithful. In the midnight hour he's faithful. He's faithful. When we are faithless, he is faithful. Oh, hallelujah. Glory be to God. And he provides again and again and again and again and again. Morning by morning, the song says, new mercies I see. All, oh, hallelujah. All I have needed. His hands have provided. I've needed rest. I've needed someone to wipe my tears. I've needed someone to lay my, my head on. I've needed someone to talk to in the midnight hour when no one is there, when no one understands my pain, when nobody sees the tears. And his name is Jesus. When the situations come, you don't expect, Pastor, you're going along and you don't expect certain things to come. And the devil wants to take me out, but the devil is a liar. I stand flat footed on the word of God. I stand flat footed. You can come this way and you can come that way, but I will not be moved. 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 I know that I know that I know that I know that I know. I know. 
a compassionate shepherd who provides for his sheep. Hallelujah. He calms the storm. Not only does he calm the storm, we go over to verse 53 to 56. And it says that when he got over to the other side, the people ran. They ran from the city. They ran from the village. They ran from the country. Oh, that we would run after Jesus. Oh, that we would chase after him. Oh, that we would run after him. They ran to him. And the Bible said they only wanted to touch the hem of his garment. Because there's power, power, wonder, working power in the blood. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. They touched him. They brought the sick. They brought the needy. They brought the broken. They brought the disease. They brought the poor. They brought the rich. They brought them all to Jesus. They brought them all. And Jesus, the compassionate shepherd, provided for them. Jesus. 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 It's not your employer that provides for you, you know. Thank God for our employers. It's not them that provides for us. Girls, it's not them that provides for us. It's not them that provides for you. It's God. Because your employer could be gone tomorrow. I'm not wishing death on anyone. But God sustains. He keeps. And he satisfies. God, do you know what I'm talking about? Do you know who we really serve? Do you understand the God that we serve? Do we really truly understand this Jesus? Do we really understand? Or are we just coming out of fashion? Do we just serve out of fashion? He's give us power. Power. He gives us what we need. He provides. Oh, hallelujah. If we just realize how blessed we are. We are so blessed. So, so blessed. Because Jesus provides for his own. He provides for his own. If you need rest, he provides. <laughs> you're in a storm, he'll bring calm. If you're hungry, he will feed you. If you're thirsty, he will quench your thirst. If you're sick, he will heal you. Huh? When your enemies are after you, he'll protect you. Jesus, no weapon formed against us shall prosper. He's a shield over us. He's a solid ground that we stand upon. He's a rock of ages. Hallelujah, he's Alpha and he's Omega. The beginning and the end is my all in all in all. Hallelujah. His love, his mercy, his grace, his favor, his joy, his peace, his laughter, his rest, whatever, whatever we need, it's in Jesus. Jesus, the compassionate shepherd who provides for his own. Are you part of the family of Jesus Christ today? Have you come to him as your Lord and Savior? 
Have you invited him into your life? Not, you don't, we're not about just knowing him. The Bible says you have to believe in your heart and confess. Not just believe and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. Then you shall be saved. And if you've not done that, there's time. The altar is open for you to come to know this compassionate shepherd. Jesus is his name and he provides. And if you're here, we had prayer earlier on and I know that people came for prayer. But you know what? God never tired of us praying and he's never tired of us coming. And you can come with one need now, pastor, and you can come with another need. He'll never turn us away. And if you're here and you need prayer, because you need rest for your soul, or you're in a storm right now, the cares of life have just rocking your world. I sat there a couple of months ago and the cares of the world were rocking my world. My world was rocked. Bulldozer. I thought my mom, when my mom died, I thought that was bad. My dad died, I thought that was bad. But what came at me, I never thought that that would happen, but it came. But thank God for Jesus. Thank God. And thank God for the prayers of the saints. When you're going through, you need people to pray you through. No man is an island. We need prayer. We should take off the mask and stop pretending. I'm not saying you have to talk your business. I'm not saying that. But Jesus knows anyway. Come to Jesus. Come and lay it down. Lay down your burden. He's big enough. He's big enough to carry all. And this afternoon, he's saying, will you come? Will you come? Will you come?